0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallen. The BBC says that bees do some very important things for us. Bees are critical because they pollinate many of the fruits, vegetables, and animal food that are all critical food sources. Bees also make wax and honey. I've Uganda Limited is a non-profit organization promoting the participation of the country's blind people through beekeeping. Almost 30 blind and visually impaired Hive Uganda workers have been trained in the art of beekeeping. The beekeepers are given five local hives, each to farm in their own homes. Hive Uganda Limited helps the blind and visually impaired in rural East Africa become entrepreneurs and enhance their independence and livelihood. Here to talk about Hive Uganda is managing director and co-founder and blind beekeeper Jock Simon. On today's show, we'll learn about how to keep bees happy and healthy, and how you too might become a beekeeper.
1: Welcome to the show, Ojak. Yes, thank you very much, Brian, and uh, for hosting me for this show.
0: I'm very happy to have you here too. I understand that you're visually impaired and you grew up in one of Uganda's rural communities. What was this community and how did you become visually impaired? I understand from the Washington Post that you became visually impaired when you were a child.
1: I became visually impaired when I was a child as a result of war by the Lord resistant army, the Lord resistant rebels, and the Ugandan soldiers. So one time they ambushed me in the village and uh, I was beaten severely at the temple of my head and it caused internal injuries. Then through that, gradually, I started losing my sight. And then uh, three years later, my left eye completely became blind. The right eye, I'm having low vision. So that's how I became blind.
0: I'm sorry that you became blind under those circumstances. Before we get into beekeeping, what do you do as the managing director and co-founder of High Buganda Limited?
1: Yeah, Before I became a beekeeper, I thought of uh, gaining the the praise and the cherries from the community where I live in. So I have to attain formal education like any other person who wants to get knowledge. So I went to formal schools. And uh, when I became blind, I had to join the school for the blind. I studied up to bachelor degree and I did a bachelor of development studies. Then later, I had to learn about the community development. While I was pursuing my studies, I realized that many of my low vision and blind people are not coming forwards the way I'm studying in my community. I started falling back so that I can assist the community through advocacy, in human rights, in the rights of people with disability, in the area of the inclusive development. But though while I was doing that, I was having beekeeping as my hobbies. It was not something that I was straightforward. It was just something I do like for passing time. Like that's because I like it.
0: Let's talk about beekeeping. How did you speak out to get this job?
1: It was a number of challenges, of course. One, I was missing praises from my community. Actually, I grew up in the community of Gulu which is in Northern Uganda, where the tribe of Acholi, they, they live. And in this community, people do give a lot of praises, especially the elders, the grandparents, the grandmothers, grandchildren, would give a lot of praises to their children when they serve them with wild honey. But for me, it became a challenge because to harvest the wild honey, it's a little bit challenging to climb a tall trees, balancing on the branches, trying to allocate where the bee nests are. Unfortunately, as a visually impaired person, I couldn't do it. But one day, when I was moving around the, my, in the boost near our village, some miracle happened. So I came across abandoned clay pot while I was walking towards that place, then bees started stinking me left and right, east and west, from all corners of the direction. I was trying to run and imagine being visually impaired. I was running towards the direction where the bees were coming from. Then I, I landed myself into the abandoned clay pot with the bees inside. I tolerated the stink. Then I had to go back home, came and averse. The honey. And after investing the honey, then the people, I took it to my mother. She gave me praises. Through that, it became the turning point because I said, if this abandoned clay pot nobody is taken care of, is able to give me some honey. Can I not do something similar? And that it became the turning point for me.
0: This is very amazing is- work. We want to know about each of your tasks as a beekeeper. So I was looking online, and there's this farm called the Bees Brothers that gives some helpful resources and tips for helping the beginning beekeepers. The first tip is to study. How did you study to become a beekeeper? Did you have to read any books or get any official sort of certification or degree?
1: Not at all, not at all. Actually, I started learning how to become a beekeeper by getting to know how the community, how the grandparents love to eat honey. By knowing that people like honey, but they cannot easily look for honey. So that when it gave me the the, the momentum. And here I live in the community where there are still abandoned wild honey, because we have the African bee killers, okay? African killers, that's the kind of bees that we have. They move by themselves uh, in the wilderness, trying to look for the hive where they can stay. But always people don't take care, but they love to eat honey. So through that learning of the community needs, then it gives me a chance that, okay, maybe I can become a friend to the community if they can get something from me.
0: Does Uganda have any sort of local associations that you get to connect with? And um, do you have to order like any special bees or equipment to start buzzing into this special job?
1: Yes, there are the local associations which uh, try to support the beekeepers. Okay, There are several organizations. One is called uh, Small Scale Industry. Their focus is uh, about bringing the numbers of the small farmers into beekeepers. Through that association, some other beekeepers they are able to advance from keeping bees using the local traditional hive to the more advanced beehive, like the top bar beehive. Okay? And then instead of using the rudimentary means of harvesting honey, now you will get the at least the ideal skill how you can invest the honey on a sustainable manner Okay, so it is and then through that association then even you are able to have the value addition the processing equipment if you are the member of the association you can have at least a basic equipment here in uganda I would say it's basic not to the standard for competitors however it is through the basic equipment that you can have a stepping stone so that you can move further. It become The basic equipment is a springboard for you to advance into your beekeeping.
0: All right. One of the tips they mentioned from the Bee Brothers was that it's wearing a bee suit. Did you ever have to wear a special suit to keep yourself <coughs> from getting stung by those bees?
1: Yes, actually, every beekeepers have those uh, a vesting equipments. Like the vesting suit is one of them, where you will have the veil, you will have the gloves, you will have the the the, the boots for the footwear, such that you can uh, protect yourself from the bee sting. How do you keep your bees healthy? How we keep our bees healthy? There are uh, mechanisms. One. We need to manage the beehive by checking the hive regularly after at least certain a month or two when they are colonized. You need to check and see are there some foreigners, some uh, pesticide coming to attack the hive, or is the uh, is the bees uh, working on the on the honeycomb correctly? Now, also, is the honey ready? Then through that also you will get to learn. Do you does your bees need water? Do they need some feeding? Some some feeding like uh, maybe other people with with add like like uh, cassava flour, um like uh, the maize flour, some other sugar crystal which they mix with water, and the bees would come to take those, some of those sweet sweet stuff to add on. The nectar that, that they collect. We keep our bees healthy by one, not putting them also too far from the water source, and also not putting them too far from the feeding areas, like where they would get the flowers, where they would get the other, other sorts of uh, ingredients that they might need to mix up in the in the honey, and also not putting them in, in a very Cold area, of course there we we still have some thick trees uh, which are ve- which would provide set that is very cold for the bees, so in order for us to keep them healthy, also we also have to look into the weather stress and where we put them. But here we are lucky we don't have yet the stress like like in other parts of the world, like in other America or in Europe where there's spraying or those weather changes condition here we have for dry season and wet season which is very easy to manage the the, the bees to keep the health of the bees and in case in case of the break up of other pesticides like uh, rats like uh, varroa um like uh, other birds that, that eats its the, the 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 honey so if you detect that, we have to uh, clean up the hive, clear, make sure that the hive is in a clean environment, not in a busy area, so that they are not attacked by the by other uh, pesticide.
0: How do you check your bees often and make sure that they're okay, in harvesting your honey?
1: Yeah, um, thank you very much, Brian. I think checking the bees is one of the interesting thing in in life. I will give. The scenario based on, uh, the environment where you operate, but it, it keeps changing from environment to environment. One, uh, once your bees are colonized and you are a person with visual impairment, of course, you will start hearing the sound. There are some sound like juju juju in the hive. Okay. Definitely you will learn that yes, there is something in the hive. Now, when you go and check in the hive, you will, because the beehive would have the frames, like the top bar hive, it has a frame, okay? Now, uh, after maybe a period of colonization, you need to check to see how the multiplication of the, uh, 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 of the workers, how it is being multiplied. If there are few colonies, means you need to boost them with morphidi so that they can multiply faster. However, Uh, if they are heavily working, then you should be getting some, some comb, B comb in the frame. And when you are checking the, 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 the frame, like the B frame to see that, to see that it is ready for outfacing or it's not, the weight of the frame will tell you that, yes, there is something in this frame because an empty frame with only the comb is much lighter than the frame which is already having the comb plus the honey inside and then when the honey the, the bees are already finished working on the particular frame as a visually impaired person you know they will seal off all the the the, the combs okay so when you touch that because the visually impaired person believe by touching okay so the touch on the on the uh, seal off of Comb is different from the unsealed comb. You find unsealed comb, uh, there are still some holes which is still left and open. But when it's already ready, all those holes are already sealed up, is covered up. That will also tell you that there is something inside that that um, comb. And all those process will provide you with the information that yes, my bees are working. And they are soon getting ready for harvesting. And like in Uganda, we have that potential of doing harvesting honey three times a year because we have that period of uh, uh, small dry season of maybe like a week, two, three weeks. That's enough to do harvesting and where there's a lot of flowers blossoming. Wonderful.
0: Sounds like you do beekeeping well and you have happy producing bees. Let's talk about Hive Uganda Limited. Tell us more about your organization and how it helps the blind
1: and visually impaired get into the field of beekeeping. Um, yeah, Hive Uganda Limited is a non profit making organization. Our focus is see that uh, people with visual impairment in the rural setting become independent. And uh, how do we work with them? Like me, myself, who is also a a visually impaired person, who has faced similar challenges, but was able to overcome those challenges, I use my personal experiences and also the experience uh, of other people with visual impairment elsewhere in the world. So how Uganda uh, brings or uh, identify people with visual impairment from the rural community and then empower them with uh, basic knowledge, the basic knowledge on beekeeping. Now, when once they're empowered in the basic knowledge in beekeeping, we feel for them to... To utilize the knowledge they have gained, we give them uh, startup kits like the local beehive, where the blind and partially sighted person travel back to with those startup kit like the beehive to their community and they open up their bee farms. Now, once they have started their own beekeeping, we as Hive Uganda still follow up with the practical training. This practical, practical training includes mobility and orientation around the beehives. And then uh, includes how to check on the beehives. Include designing on the landmark if you're visually impaired. How can you say that I'm now closer to my beehive? There should be some pointing direction that said yes, now you are near to this hive X and you are going to hive Z which is really colonized. So now, once all this is done, we go ahead to answer that. We train also our fellow blind people, Paul high in Uganda, into leadership. Because they are farmers and they have to take leadership into the cooperative society, which is the marketing uh, enterprise for their product. And uh, once we train them into leadership, and also we gave them other uh, advocacy skills, which is beyond beekeeping, because the address is beyond beekeeping, beyond what Hyde could do, but also they can find by themselves.
0: That's wonderful. What advice mm-hmm. do you have for our listeners who want to become
1: beekeepers? What should they do? Yeah, thank you. Um, For those who want to become a beekeepers, one, beekeeping is not expensive and uh, they need to first of all learn the behaviors of the bees and the humanity and once they are able to learn on the behaviors of how bees behave to human beings and also the role of the bees to our environment okay would help them to get the basic knowledge and uh, when you are doing beekeeping you must have uh, at least some other complementary activities because beekeeping needs patience and tolerance okay uh, and uh, with all those processes, if you are patient and tolerant and uh, during the period where you are not doing honey harvesting, you must you should be engaged in other activities. but I still encourage that, let all of us go for beekeeping the world I, I remember one professor said if bees that's anakin he said if bees is to die at one time all human beings would not would would, would not live longer because uh the medicine we take the food we eat um the 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 the, the the, the, some of the important wax, the candle wax we get, the cosmetic we put, some of those in the soap, the lotion, you find there components of the bee product. So let's embrace beekeeping so that we can have steady and uh, realistic growth of the vulnerable group in the rural community.
0: Excellent. How do our listeners learn more about and get connected with Hive Uganda Limited?
1: Um, if you want to get to know more about Hive Uganda Limited, you can visit our website, which is www. Hive. H i v e Uganda which is u g a n d a dot o r g then you will get a lot of information about us or also you can send price email uh, to the director which is that's of simon and the email is Ojok is o j o k s m n at gmail.com the organization email is h-i-v-e which is hive dot u-g-l-t-d at gmail.com uh also we have activities on the uh, social media which they are mostly being run on my uh, facebook it's called jock simon and then we do have our twitter account currently we are still using at OJOK, S-M-N, OJOK. All
0: right. OJOK, yeah. thanks for coming on, speaking out for the blind, and sharing your successful efforts to improve the lives of all blind and visually impaired East Africans,
1: and those around the world, too. Thank you, and thank you very much also for contacting us. And uh, we still have a bigger dream that we wish to share with them Uh in other um, interview or other discussion later. Definitely, and you're very welcome. And before we go,
0: I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's Com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is org and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-the-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, Please let us know by sending an email to support at That's support at You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? Ah! Then join me, Brian McCallen, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and replays throughout the day on Thursdays on ACB Radio Mainstream. Happy listening! The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living, so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development, at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.
1: You're listening to acbradio.org,
0: connecting the blind community around the world. ACB Radio.